Josh Henderson's cat is trying to destroy his desk. Jeff Pennington's house is Do the dry. intro, Rich. I'm doing it! <laughs> is this going to be a regular thing now? <laughs> <sighs> Jeff Pennington's house is being dry humped by a lawnmower. Uh-huh. And my kid is screaming like the spawn of Satan that he is. He's actually screaming that. It wasn't a bit... Um, is so he? It is, he is, he is. I can hear him downstairs. Does he need, like, assistance? Is he going to no, help your child or do no, the podcast? He's just been told he has to bathe or something like that. You know, oh, like, I, 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 get, it. I get it. Um, <laughs> so, so it must be time to record Bros Before Pros. Um, yeah. Welcome to Bros Before Pros, a fiction podcast where three masters of the written word create three unique comedy stories based on user-submitted prompts every two weeks. We're three episodes years. in, and I think we've already surpassed the master title. Yeah, what's, what's beyond a master? Hugo Award winning. <laughs> yes. Nobel I, Prize Award winning writers. Yes. Eisner's yeah. next week. Pulitzer's the years up, the week after. Yeah, it's just awards stacks on stacks on stacks. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rich, and with me as always are Jeff Pennington. Hello. And Josh Henderson. Hello! <laughs> it's my uh, uh, Lenny and Squiggy intro. Hello! Very Hello! Good. Very good. How are we managing living in the dystopia this week? Well, we still got internet, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, what what else? I haven't uh, seen any mushroom clouds lately. So. No. so far, so good on the mushroom clouds. Did you see that study in the week? Uh, there was a BBC yeah, yeah. study like... If there's a nuclear war, five billion people will no die. Shit. Yeah, no shit! This is shocking news shit. to me. <laughs> oh, you, you don't say five billion? Oh, oh, okay. Well, I guess we can afford one or two of those. We do. My, five my most toxic trait is thinking that I would survive. That's my most toxic <laughs> trait. My wife is constantly like, if there's a nuclear war, just kill me. Just literally yeah, stick absolutely. a pillow over I my I mean, face. you're you're pretty fucked, Rich. Oh yeah, like, yeah. No, I'm not gonna lie. Like you're, I'm, I'm. Me and Jeff are probably pretty fucked too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I live skills in... do we have that would help? You can't write your way out of the fucking apocalypse. Like... I have hepatitis B vaccine, so I can live in the sewer. Yay! Oh well, <laughs> shit. I, well, I guess I'm fucked. All right. <laughs> Until a mutant rat fucks you or something like that. Sewer boys. <laughs> That's my name in my gang. <laughs> Tunnel snakes. Tunnel sneaks rule. Um, I, so I live next to a uh, like a, a naval port. Like literally, yeah. it's down the road. There's an air raid siren that goes off every Monday to test it. Oh, so, that's calming. Yeah. So yeah, I would be absolutely within the the sort of blast radius, and I'm okay Since with you're- that. Since you're British, I, I I hear the air raid siren as the Empire clacks on. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's exactly it. God, you're you're the baddies. You know yeah. what? You know what this is reminding me of is after uh, as an American, I'm contractually obligated to mention 9/11. Yeah. Uh, yeah after yeah. 9/11 happened, never forget. Everyone in West Virginia was like, they're going to hit us next. And I was like, what? Yeah. For why? Yeah, West Virginia is second. That's the second <laughs> And they were like, because we have so many uh, chemical plants everywhere. And I'm like, they don't give a fuck about that. What are you talking they about? They don't even know where West Virginia is. <laughs> Most Americans <laughs> don't know, don't know what West Virginia is. You're better off. You're better <laughs> for it. It's a beautiful state. Shame about the people. Mm. It does have a Mothman, though, which is pretty cool. It's yep. true. My best friend, the Mothman, you mean? <laughs> you keep saying that. 
Mr. I believe it. Dave Moffman. Dave Moffman. He lives That's in my the garage. Mothman prophecies are about. <laughs> I was gonna say you have a garage. No. I live in a row home. I live in an apartment with a bed. I got a big boy bed. I got a race car bed, so <laughs> sleep in a big boy bed. <laughs> I live in a house that's so old it's done with uh, like wooden lathe and plaster walls. So yeah. do you have asbestos? Uh, Let's no, Jeff thankfully. and I pretend we know that that that's old. Uh-huh, wow, that's, that's so very old. old. Yeah. It's, really <laughs> it's not made out of metal and future. What's no, it's not. It's it was like it's like this isn't interesting. It's Georgian. The house is Georgian, so it's like. It's like an old townhouse. Every house in Plymouth is the same because, like, they're naval built. So, oh yeah, yeah, like like units. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Which Georgia yeah. are we talking about? The country, sure. the state. <laughs> no. no, the no. always on my mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's two references. People are like, "What this, the fuck are they talking this about?" This isn't what the show is about, everybody. No, I promise. No, <laughs> you had to go next week for M Class podcast if you want that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so our prompts this week were chainsaws and, weirdly and coincidentally, amputations. And that was Super randomly weird. selected. Um, I think mainly because we have an audience, right? <laughs> yeah! Do One we? of the prompts is katanas as well, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> katanas? <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's my turn to go first this week. Excellent. It's a Ridge ready? Masters original. Yeah. Yeah. So, World premiere. <laughs> my my title is the Lead Duke: Colon Chainsawy Boogaloo. <laughs> How is this not going to win a huge? Well, World? exactly, exactly. <clears throat> it, in the prestigious lobby of the Grand Uranus Hotel. I'm sorry, I instantly laughed at my own joke, and that's that was the joke <laughs> that we were warned about: the Grand Uranus. Um, in, the, uh, in the prestigious lobby of the Grand Uranus Hotel, eight Ooh. harvester mercenaries stood between Grissom Graves and his bounty, and his what? two phase pistols were running on empty. Oh, no. no. The six-shot Satan, as he was known in some circles... <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> as well as that relentless cocksucker who could eat rat shit in other, far-out-of-earshot circles, and by his ex-husband... <laughs> <laughs> was oh, he the, was a bad husband. <laughs> was it's the last a bad relationship? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was the last remaining member of the interstellar law keeping force known as the Dukes of Lead? Nice. Your bounty returned, dead, alive, or somewhere in between. <laughs> <laughs> as such, he had half a damned reputation to uphold, and he wasn't about to allow some robotically engineered scavenger scum to besmirch his moderate name. <laughs> I reckon I should warn you, programmerless tin cans. <laughs> that is the most Western voice I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I, so I wrote the first line in Western, and then I abandoned it completely. You, afterwards. you got rid of it. You're like, That's <laughs> no, not doing mind. that. Um, no, I'm not a great shot with these here phase pistols. Never have been. He said in a, a voice so gravelly, it was like he was gargling the devil's own hairy brimstones. <laughs> <laughs> so just let me in to deal with Cinemonica, and I'll be on my way and out of your sense of range. 
Otherwise, yes, yeah, Cinemonica. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, the laser holes are going to be so messy that the shit in your bodies won't be able to be returned in its original packaging. Jesus. Wow. That's a future-ass problem. <laughs> <laughs> the harvester leader, Cleft, chuckled in electronic static. <laughs> Cleft. You can suck on my recycled lubricant fluid, Grissom Graves. Counting yeah. must not be your strong point. You've only got two shots left and there are eight of us. That means you're short by... Cleft paused and looked at his compatriots with, compatriot with buttons all over her chest. The half-woman, half-machine typed numbers into the pad which appeared on the screen <laughs> upside down across her stomach. She looked up and grinned. The display said boobies. <laughs> yes! <laughs> the harvesters laughed, but Grissom Graves did not. I've never been short of boobies or dick in my whole damn life, Grissom muttered. <laughs> Tempted to tell them about all his many sexual conquests, but they didn't deserve to hear such legendary tales. Damn. <laughs> Harvesters were lower than a no-legged penguin's nutsack and twice as worthless. Jesus. <laughs> Man, this society is collapsing. <laughs> They had started as modders, giving themselves the most obvious and necessary robotic enhancements like longer man meat, or girthier man meat, or giant hydraulic man meat. Those are the three. That's the top three. In that order as well. But in the last half a centennium, the cyborgs had started incorporating any useless machinery they could get their claws on. They were more machine than man now, cold and dead, much like Grissom Graves' ex-husband's heart. Wow. This dude did a number on his husband. (laughs) One of the cyborgs made a shrill ding and opened up a compartment on his body to fill the room with a sugary smell. Can we please speed this up? The biscuits in my chest-mounted Easy Bake Oven are done. (laughs) That's a 40-watt light bulb, dude. (laughs) I've been cooking these all day. (laughs) Those delicious breakfast cakes aren't the only thing that's done, you rust-ridden shitbird. Ooh. (laughs) I may only have two charges in the guns, but I got these. Grissom held up his fists, one tattooed with the word pain and the other with slightly smaller amount of pain. (laughs) His left hand. It was his left hand after all, and he weren't no dirty southpaw. Ooh, damn. Alienating another part of our audience already. Cool. Fuck left-handers. Grissom and his opponents stared at each other over the countless dead harvesters the Duke of Led had already sent back to Silicon Limbo. He imagined hell was too good for him. His fingers brushed over his pieces, playing with the settings as he waited for them to make the first move. Grissom spat into a dead harvester's skull, and because it had been fashioned from an old Pontiac Firebird, it made a pleasing metal tin. Oh, fuck yes. (laughs) Suddenly... A red dog chewing tobacco flavoured Pop-Tart popped out of one of the harvester's scalp <laughs> to cut through the silence. <laughs> what kind of fucking economy is that? <laughs> her metal compatriots all turned to her stupidly, so Grissom took the opportunity. He hurtled directly at Cleft and picked him up like a battering ram, using his body to deflect the various cutting beams, lasers and flying Pop-Tarts until he had lined them all up in his sights. <laughs> With the one shot in his first gun, he brought the laser pistol around Clef's skinny frame and shot a hot, fizzing load straight through the remaining seven lined-up harvesters. 
Thank that made me boring. Rich, I want you to know that made me recoil away when you said I like how we have two opposite reactions to that. Equal and opposite reactions. Everything in harmony. He was thankful the mechanicals couldn't help but be pedantically neat little idiots by design. The band of mercs was suddenly as holy as that whorehouse planet in the middle of skinning season. As they fell to the floor in hissing fizzes, the harvesters played the window shutdown noise. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like your lucky day, Cleft. Gresson pulled the trigger on the gun in his hand, hearing it whine an empty protest. All out of death juice. But, (laughs) but, But you've got one charge left. The leader realised his mistake and began begging. Oh, looky here. You can count better than me, bot. Grissom grinned as he pulled the trigger and reduced the cyborg's head to slag with the charge in his last gun. Nice. Slow clap, slow clap, dear Mr. Graves. (laughs) Yes! Cinemonica stepped out from behind a grand piano in the corner of the ballroom. Cinemonica was a Laverian with indigo skin and deep black eyes. They were an, ost- I'm in love. They were an ostentatious <laughs> race from a planet without colour. So every off-world Laverian typically dressed as if they'd taken a money shot in the face from a bag of Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> Man, light blue bag? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Cinemonica read the fury on Grissom's face, not to mention the way that the lead duke was marching towards him and threatening to kill him through snarling teeth. Cinemonica held both hands up and threw Grissom the old blinky eyelashes normally reserved to indicate the no-pants Lombardo. <laughs> <laughs> it was a test, my darling. I wanted to see the legendary Grissom Graves in actions, and you passed with flying colours. Mostly red, obviously. I have nice. a high-paying job for you. I like my targets like I like my drink, Grissom snarled. Exactly what I expected them to be and not offering me jobs. (laughs) Grissom might have been good with the killing, but not with the metaphor. (laughs) He marched towards Cinemonica and was just about to wrap his meaty hands around his scrawny neck when Cinemonica announced nonchalantly, It's about some harvesters. Grissom stopped as if someone had greased a hot iron and slid it twixt his nether cheeks. (laughs) Would that make you stop? (laughs) I mean, you wouldn't keep going. (laughs) Nah, man, I would shoot up into the sky like a Looney Tunes character. (laughs) He genuinely didn't like leaving loose ends, which is why he had burned the house he shared with his cheating ex-husband to the ground with a bastard inside. I don't feel bad for the ex-husband anymore. This was the backstory. (laughs) But this, this was too tempting to turn down. Tell me more, he muttered. The trip to Philandra 7 was short, just a few days. Luckily, his ship, the conveyance of Grissom Graves, again... Graves wasn't one for imagery. Had only recently had some modifications, including the new slip drive and that cool race stripe with the decal of the naked three-buttocked aerial dancer. Oh, That's cool yeah. Fuck. I want that. Grissom spent the journey mainly on autopilot, doing the things he usually did to prepare him on the way to a mission. Cleaning his pistol, polishing his pistol, polishing his meat pistol... <laughs> And then staring menacingly at an old picture of his absentee father while he cracked his knuckles. <laughs> you know what? That feels oddly uh, accusatory to me. Yeah. 
I feel like somebody's listened to M Class podcast before. Yeah. No. (laughs) The conveyance of Grissom Graves touched down in a clearing on the forest moon, about ten clicks from the harvester base. Grissom liked measuring things in clicks. It made him feel fancy. (laughs) It was a hellish it was a hellish sweatbox that made him long for the cold heart of his ex-husband before he realised what a piece of dead worm ridden duck shit that man was. God, this guy sucks now. I hate him. <laughs> Cinemonica had explained the dense forests of Philandra 7 would prove challenging to find a path through to the Harvester death squads, but that he knew Grissom was as patient as a dog on heat after his wife had given him a bad case of blue balls, then given him a crate of the really good dog porn for Christmas, but told him not to touch it. What the fuck <laughs> kind of Christmas is this? Okay, I've got several questions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the first yeah. one is dog wife? Yep. <laughs> Dog wife. <laughs> yep. Yep. This is enough. Okay, yeah, you're right. You can marry dogs. I'm, I have a very three-dimensional view in the world. I need to four-dimension it up for dog yeah, get, wife. Get enlightened, uh, other rich. Other rich. Cool. <laughs> Somehow that feels like a demotion? I don't know. Hey. <laughs> I think I called rich other Jeff you the other week. You did last week. So. Um, yeah. He would find a way, even if his balls exploded with rage in the meantime. <laughs> After an hour of quiet stalking, Grissom came to a mound of leaves in a small circular clearing. After he checked for traps, he rounded the mound, coincidentally the name for his favourite sex move, to find a small steel hatch in the leaves. Um, No stranger to opening doors... That's the stupid joke I was talking about. Oh, my God. (laughs) No stranger to opening doors. Grissom swung open the hatch to reveal something that chilled him in a way no other thing could. Little punk-ass kids. Nice. (laughs) Between 10 and 15 cybernetically enhanced children cowering in a makeshift shelter. What in Star Nation? Grissom muttered. What in Star Nation? <laughs> Alright, shut the podcast down. <laughs> I'm not following this. This is this is impossible to follow. Tell me I didn't come all this way to find some half-breed ugly little crotch goblins. <laughs> Grissom was so taken aback by the scared kid's cries and so pleased with himself over the crotch goblin zinger that he didn't even hear the group creeping up out of it, up on him out of the bush, the chainsaw oh. being revved. And it wasn't until the bite of the teeth started tearing through his left arm that he realised he'd been led into a trap like a prize heifer and now he was getting royally boy- bull-humped. <laughs> Animal sex imagery in this one? Yep. 10 yep. out of 10. Um, the last thought that went through his mind, other than a fury that threatened to burn his, burn his way, burn its way out of his gut, was, Not my jerking off arm. <laughs> I thought he was in a filthy southpaw. Um, Here, here's, author's here's note. My, here's like a little visual treat of this scene. I can only imagine he's, he yells at the kids. I didn't find a bunch of crotch goblins here. There's like complete silence. He's staring straight forward as a chainsaw comes up behind him. Extremely loudly revving. And he's just staring directly forward the whole time. Really smugly. So proud by his zinger. Yeah. Um, Author's note. I know what you're thinking, right? I said he wasn't no dirty southpaw, right? Oh, shit. And they cut off his left arm, right? Well, Grissom Graves was a dual wielder. You hear? I'm saying oh, yeah. he was ambidextrous. Dick's a Kimbo. 
Oh my god. All right, let's get back to the story. I <laughs> I know Josh that you were going to mention the fact that I said this was his left arm. But you're a fact-checking bitch. <laughs> oh. Now this doesn't feel as accusatory as the other thing. <laughs> you know the dad thing and yep. the knuckle crack. Yep. <laughs> a noise of guitars shredding flared in Grissom's head, but it wasn't real. You see, Grissom Graves' flashback noise wasn't a harp. It was like Van Halen, Def Leppard and Whitesnake all started playing guitar solos at the same time. Oh my god, I love it. I know what you're thinking. Rad as 80s hell, right? Well, not really. It was really discordant on account of all the cocaine. And it sounded like a band of feral cats got all their little cat wieners caught in a zipper. <laughs> so many animal dicks. <laughs> Look, I started with it and I just kept going. You hit a, you hit a stride, you gotta go with Strong it. Strong vein. Anyway, yeah. flashback. <laughs> Grissom's young life had been one of happiness. He had had all the games consoles. He had had a mum who was o- who overcompensated because his dad had gone for cigarettes when he was five, even though cigarettes didn't exist in this galaxy. <laughs> That's so and cold. He, <laughs> and he had two of the remote control cars that could flip over and keep going. You know, like the ones that could go 90 degrees and shit. I always wanted, I always wanted one of those, but we had carpeted floors and my parents never bought batteries. So I never asked for... Oh, wait, sorry about that. Tangented a little there. <laughs> <laughs> Those those RC cars were the best though. God, this my is cousin so cool. had one. They were so he had good. one. They were amazing, dude. You could flip them. It was crazy. I did wanted ever, one so bad. Did you ever play Roll Cage, the PS One game that had those cars in them? It was like uh, Wipeout. I don't think so. It's well worth a play. It's like Wipeout, but with those cars. Has a cool name, mm. Roll Cage. As the son of the Queen of the Duchy of Lead. <laughs> I just went right back into it. Sorry, no further questions. I really appreciate that, actually. (laughs) As the son of the Queen of the Duchy of Lead, Grissom Graves' life was the sweetest since that kid at school whose uncle worked at Nintendo. (laughs) Sweet life. He was destined to be one of the raddest people alive, living in service to the innocent and getting more tail than a Sonic the Hedgehog erotic fan fiction. But that was before the Technomancer came. The, <laughs> the metal-skulled, chainmail-wearing, ram-horn-adoring ram horn robotic lich that would haunt Grissom's dreams to this very day. This is fucking incredible. This is awesome. <laughs> His undead cyborg zombies decimated the Duchy of Lead without warning, destroying their beautiful, verdant home before you could say, Not my jerking off world! <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to fact check here, but... <laughs> it was only thanks to his mother's consort, Jackson Swiftfingers, that Grissom was able to get out of his mother's guns and his head intact. How do you get that name? And his beloved stuffed bear dirt nap, which still sat on Grissom's <laughs> bed. Dirt nap! Aww. Jackson was a good man for someone who was boning his mother on the regs. And he took... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Not Jackson's own mother... Oh, okay, okay, that's a misplaced modifier. Sorry, I'm fact-checking again. (laughs) And he took the young Grissom under his protection and taught him the ways of lead, making him the most efficient killer in 14 sectors, except for space syphilis, because that shit's nasty. (laughs) Oh, fuck, man, trust me. But now, Jackson was gone, and rage filled Grissom's heart. 
He had vowed to hunt any cyborgs with a vengeance that burned hotter than a ghost pepper enema. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Grissom sat up with a start, looking for his guns. The room was dark and he could barely see through the gloom, but for a shaft of light in the patched roof, all he could make out that he was in a soft bed with fresh linen. A goddamn pussy's bed. <laughs> Where's dirt now? <laughs> I'm sorry, young man, but we had to remove those deathbringers. The voice came from the corner of the room. About a thousandth of a click away. <laughs> <laughs> That's the smartest fucking joke I have ever heard. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, the voice was older, feminine, calming even. This is a peaceful place. We don't even let we don't even let people watch the director's cut of RoboCop here. You know, oh my the cool version where Murphy gets his hand blown off and he holds it up so you can see all the bone and the veins blood the Yo. blood pumping out. Burn yeah. this planet to the ground. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's done. It's done. Grissom was fury personified. But that part's the best bit. <laughs> I know, I know, the stranger placated, but this enclave is dedicated towards healing and peace. But how do people emphasise with Robocop if they don't see his horrible, disfiguring injuries, Grissom <laughs> The voice this guy is it. speaking my own language. <laughs> yeah. I started writing this bit and I was like, oh, just, this is what Jeff's monologue would be. <laughs> The voice made a sharp take, took a sharp intake of breath. I'm glad you think that way. Take a look at your arm, gunslinger. A cold sweat ran in rivulets down his back, soaking a shirt that he now realised ended at the elbow. His whole arm felt cold, almost absent, like that time he had sat on his own arm to see if he could simulate someone else jerking him off. <laughs> it felt like another person's arm. Now it's... <laughs> Now his sight had adjusted to the light, he brought his arm up to his eye line to find his arm had been replaced with his own dismembered face. Wait. What? what? His, his fingers darted to his face. No, wait. There was a nose, two eyes. His face was still there. Taking another look at the arm, he realised the appendage was actually a mechanical arm, polished up to a mirror shine. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, God Rich. <laughs> he felt sick to his stomach, as well as more than a little brain fried. You've turned me into a damn abomination. I'm sorry, I did the best I could, but the mechanical arm was all we had, I'm afraid. The doctor sighed. We thought you were attacking the kids, after all. Grissom flushed. He was insulted. He didn't like kids, unless they... He didn't kill kids, unless they attacked him, or were going to attack him, or if they were particularly ugly-looking, maybe. (laughs) I don't know, the situation hadn't come up yet. He he wasn't really decided. He's open to the possibility of it. Aren't we all? (laughs) Moving swiftly on, moving swiftly on. Grissom leaned back. Editor's note. His eyebrow raising. I was told this was a cyborg training facility. A death squad factory. His captor leaned into the light to reveal an ocular implant that reflected the small light back at Grissom. No, sir. This is a hospital complex. My name's Dr. Latoya Winters. He... (laughs) He flinched. You're a harvester too? Come with me, the doctor gestured. The air was as crisp as that first dip in a cool pool where your balls shrink directly up into your body like you were some sort of squirrel. Fuck that. (laughs) Squirrel! (laughs) Grissom heard laughter, felt the calming effect of the planet and its inhabitants. Kids were running around playing, little half-machine kids playing 
tag and whatever, whatever stereotypical innocent kids play. I don't know, tic-tac-toe, Mortal Kombat, hell. <laughs> Nowadays, they probably just grease two of their fellow kids up, stick them in a cage and watch them pull each other's legs off. <laughs> You're talking about now, right? Like yep. in our time. Kids are, fucking, yeah, yeah. kids are fucking cruel dudes. Yeah, man. But these kids were cruel, and they didn't engage in any rip, limb ripping. In fact, they were almost serene. This is a respite centre, Winters said, more than a hint of sorrow in her voice. These kids were the first ones taken by the Technomancer. Experiments. They've got bad installations, rejection issues, U-torrent files that are tough to treat. <laughs> Those are viruses. Oh, man. Gris, this is fucking great. Grissom was filled with complex feelings his strong manly brain couldn't comprehend. These kids suffered like he had, at the hands of that despotic droid donger. He wanted a toasted cheese sandwich because he'd slipped past lunch. Now Grissom was part machine <laughs> like these kids. There was some sort of realisation he was coming to, but he needed some time to catch up. Overwhelming, isn't it, Winter said. All we can do for them here at the sanctuary is keep them comfortable and make them happy. It just didn't make sense. Why had Cinemonica sent him here? Bad intel? For the yucks? Then as the proximity alarms went off and the doctors, <laughs> for the doctors and the kids scattered to the underground facility, Grissom realised Philandra 7 was a dense forest and nobody could be found there unless they wanted to. Not unless you had a good tracker leading the way. And Grissom was the best. Not for the, oh. not for, for not the first time in his life. Grissom Graves cursed the fact that he was too fucking rad. <laughs> Trouble, trouble's coming, he told Winters. But I got an idea. Remove anything from the grounds that makes this place look like a hospital. She reached into her coat and handed him the guns. Then Grissom revealed his big plan. Grissom and the patients and doctors of Philandra prepared, and some cool music played over the montage. Oh, yes. oh man, you should have seen it, but I lack the words to describe Grissom's preparations. <laughs> <laughs> this is the classic, I'm getting on with the story, it's getting long. They, sh- they should have sent a poet, or just someone a smidge more articulate than I, or someone without a word limit. Just take my word for it, it was cool. <laughs> An hour later, Cinemonica led the harvesters through greenery as dense as a contestant on The Bachelor. Tracker in hand. Take that. (laughs) He's here. He's close. Cinemonica said to the team. Closer than you think, bitch face. Came a voice from behind them. Grissom was cock out, urinating up a tree. Everyone turned and pointed (laughs) their guns. (laughs) I mean, he's just trying to get over the rest of the wildlife to assert dominance, right? That's right. right. (laughs) Everyone turned and pointed their guns to the Duke of Lead. Grissom, you did it. I had my doubts, but you were every bit the dumb trusting idiot they said you'd be. (laughs) What do you want here, Grissom said as he zipped up. These aren't soldiers. They're sickly little piss ants. (laughs) Cinemonica fanned themselves with a hand and then turned really suddenly serious and pouty like a Dragon Ball villain. (laughs) Kids with state-of-the-art mods. I plan to strip them down for their parts and then sell their equipment to the highest bidder. Cinemonica laughed in the sort of high-pitched mania reserved from those meth heads down the street that try to fight post boxes. <laughs> Oddly specific yet again. <laughs> this is your chance, Grissom. Join us or be mulched. Grissom didn't like the odds. Fourteen harvesters and a flamboyant purple alien. So easy to turn away. He owed those kids nothing, and they'd be dead soon anyway. 
He'd have more work if Cinemonica sold the parts, more bounty to chase, more harvesters to kill. What were these little pissants to him anyway? <laughs> he stared down at his arm, his new affront to every rage-filled belief he had. He wanted to rip it off and beat this planet to death with it. He could nice. and should walk away. So he did. He turned and walked away and let those kids die horrible slow deaths. What? <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. I mean, how fucked up would that be? I've got a kid of my <laughs> oh own. Oh my God. If I ever tell, end a story like that, fucking call social services. Took <laughs> <laughs> that beat. The arm winked back at him in the sunlight. Since he, <laughs> since he was a child, Grissom had always hated himself because he was a white male and we're bred to be toxic, emotionally compromised idiots. <laughs> but he was oddly at peace with the arm. It felt right somehow. He turned to Cinemonica and spat on the floor between them. If I can't kill these kids, then no one can. Except... <laughs> Except the crippling techno diseases and system failures, probably. <laughs> but no one can kill him today. <laughs> My hero. <laughs> this guy rules. Cinemonica gestured wildly to the army. They've got a fa- you've got a familiar issue, Grissom. Too many enemies and not enough phase charges. And all these trees prevent that little line-up trick you did. It's over. <laughs> Grissom, Grissom sniffed and tried to look cool, which meant he was all, which because he was already a natural badass, only made him twice as awesome. Damn! In the connecting three systems, women spontaneously got wet without realizing why, and men got so hard they couldn't walk properly for hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say: a butterfly flutters its wings in Philandra, and everyone jizzes, jizzes their pants on Seti Terrania Six or something like that. That old chestnut. (laughs) You're right. The trees are the problem. For you, Grissom threw one pistol at the foot of a tree where it had been set to self-destruct. The blasting of hot plasma grew to a large throbbing red orb of energy that ate away at the trunk. The harvesters looked up at the creaking of the enormous tree that hurtled towards them. Too slow to move, too dumb to dodge, and at least half of them were pinned and crushed by the felled trunk. Fire at him, you idiots! Cinemonica shouted at the dumbstruck, dumbstruck band of morons. (laughs) <laughs> don't mind don't mind if I do Grissom responded feeling smug as a pig in muck whose toast always landed butter side up damn that's the most British shit I've ever heard <laughs> he shot one harvester then another being sure to hit the fleshier parts Grissom took a shot in the leg and fell to one knee but styled it out into a roll and took the head clean off another harvester who because he was mostly robotic cursed in binary as his head flew through the forest until it was nested in by a bird he would live out his infinite existence being a crash for baby birds. <laughs> I mean, on reflection, gets. on reflection, there is a lot of animal jokes in this one. <laughs> I love it. Grissom, Holy shit. Grissom shot another harvester, then another, and one more. Two left now. Then Grissom felt his shoulder burn as he took a tranquilizer shot in the arm. He collapsed into the dirt, dropping his gun. You poor, no! you poor little fleshling, Cinemonica mocked. Now you know why we all mod. Cinemonica pulled his shirt open to reveal he too was a harvester and what? a monumental prick. <laughs> 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 the bastards advanced hungrily, like an OnlyFans model's Discord page. <laughs> oh. <laughs> advanced right where they needed to be, and Grissom just had enough strength to lift his new robotic arm unaffected by the paralysing agent 
playtime kids he announced into the comms unit he held. An army of kids jumped out of their secret leaf pile hidey holes and pounced on the two remaining harvesters, pouring punches and kicks onto the mercenaries and smashing them into component parts in seconds. Ruthless little monsters, like all children. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, what is social services number again? Shaking, Cinemonica suddenly realised they were now alone and they grabbed up the nearest kid they could, pressing a knife to the girl's throat as they backed away. I want out of here, unmolested, or I skin this kid alive. That's your problem, Cinemonica. Always underestimating people. He gave the kid a wink as two others helped Grissom to his feet. The girl pulled a wire from her hand implant and plugged it into Cinemonica's chest, transmitting her virus to them. Cinemonica dropped the kid in shock, shock and as he was assailed by ads for Russian dating sites, clickbait articles showing penniless celebrities as they are now, and sight-ripped <laughs> Crunchyroll episodes that froze halfway through. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Cinemonica crumpled to the floor. Grissom pushed his way off the two kids that helped him up and sauntered to his prey. He wrapped a hand around the villain's neck and squeezed. Wait, Cinemonica whispered and gestured for Grissom to come closer. Grissom obliged. His alien eyes bulging. His eyes bulging as Cinemonica whispered a bombshell into his ear. When the flamboyant alien was done, Grissom could have let him go, but he didn't. He used his new arm to choke every piece of life from the Leverian. And when he was finished, Grissom was suddenly intrigued to try out his new jerking off arm. (laughs) (laughs) He He dropped the corpse to the floor with a thud that disturbed the leaves, but not Grissom's intense stare. He was lost in thought, not noticing the kid approach him. What did he say, said the kid. He said the Technomancer sent them. Grissom sneered. The emotion pressed heavily on him, feeling the weight of his own history bearing down. It was as if his ancestors were all staring at him, expecting an answer. A decision was made. A mission reset. Finally, at last, vengeance would be... Who, said the kid, completely ruining the moment. (laughs) The end. (laughs) Holy fucking shit. That was fucking incredible. Holy so, shit. So, I watched Westworld last Sunday. <laughs> this blows that shitty-ass show away. Uh, Holy shit. Four seasons of this, please. <laughs> Grissom Graves. Probably gonna return if I can... I can think of a way to shoehorn him into some prompts, probably about edged weapons. It's totally possible. You can do whatever you want. And if you don't, just say, oh, there was a chainsaw in the background. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Prompt. Fuck, that was incredible. I can't wait to that hear was from great. Grissom Graves again. Thank you, thank you. I, I love it. Holy shit. It was, uh, as I was writing it, I was like, this is a little Mandalorian, isn't it? And then I realized, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, fuck it. Who cares? I, I've, I've had this idea working around for like a sci-fi story I want to do whenever there's a prompt it fits into. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to change a few things now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's like, Grissom Graves. My guy's name was Graves Grissom. <laughs> he likes Robocop. I like Robocop. Oh, shit. I like Robocop. He's taking everything from me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that fuck. was a 10 out of 10. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I am. Um, so I think I told you both. I started a story and then abandoned it like Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I had to yeah, quickly write a story because I just couldn't make the other one work. Um, but I'll use that one in the future. Not that you give a shit or care if it, it, it could be shit for all you know. Who knows? 
I won't. It won't be. I won't tell you the details of this. You just have to wait. Shit. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should should we take a break? Let's take yes. a break, and we'll be right back with who's going next. Josh. Josh. Your mom. Oh. Oh, fucking got him. She she is a really bad storyteller. She's one of these. Not, she's a really bad one. Really bad. She told me a good story last night. I doubt that. <laughs> I'd be more surprised if she had sex with you. <laughs> <laughs> but only uh, just. We'll be, we'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> We're a family. Is it a Pontiac Firebird? I fucking wish. You don't see too many of them around <laughs> anymore. Don't make them anymore. We're back. And Josh, you are right. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you want? I want you to tell me a story about chainsaws and amputations. Not necessarily uh, in that order, but it'd be weird if it wasn't. God, that would yeah. be a that'd be a twist. That's like mm. a M Night level twist, right? Although there. Ev- Evil Dead, well, no, the chainsaw's still in it. Before. Chainsaw came first. Yeah, yeah ignore me. Yeah. Ignore me. Ignore me. Josh, if there isn't a clear connection to chainsaws and amputations in this story, well, you're in luck. There is <laughs> because I'm not creative enough to make it any other way. <laughs> Disagree. Too lazy. All right, my story is called. The final march of Trent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 60 to naught. <laughs> As the sun rose, rised? Is it rose or rise? <laughs> Risen? Anyway, as the sun peeked over the horizon of Theranos, <laughs> neary a merc monk could be heard. The forests were quiet. The deserts were quiet. Your mom was quiet after the scream <laughs> fest I gave her last night. That bitch is nasty as fuck, dude. No wonder you turned out the way you did. <laughs> a merc monk blasts out of the t- out of a tree door to his merc monk home. He squints his eyes. All is quiet in the woods. He slowly sips his merc monk-sized coffee, a venti, squints harder, and slinks back into his tree home. The woods are indeed quiet today. Crash snap! <laughs> Suddenly, a huge bone tank breaks through the trees. Oh, shit. A group of baffles flies away in disarray. <laughs> the rumbling tank... The rumbling tank treads roll over the ant hills and tree limbs and a skeleton who was just taking a nap in the woods. Because what's that guy got to do today? <laughs> Fucking nothing, man. He paid his dues. Let him sleep. <laughs> well, R.I.P. Skeleton Man. <laughs> As the tank slowly crushed his skull, a faint, oh, not again, could be heard and then silence. <laughs> Silence as the bone tank also came to a halt. 
As the door to the tank hissed open and dropped to the ground, a small group of dwarves exit, <laughs> exit each holding an axe and full cosplay armor. <laughs> <laughs> Their battle armor is reserved for actual battles, so to appear cool, they wear, like, wood armor and shit because they're kind of tryhards. <laughs> Dude, dwarves are getting shit on, man. <laughs> Fuck dwarves. All right, boys, Bog Forgethane belted. We're here. <laughs> One of the last tread forests in all of Daranos. Please file behind me in orderly dwarf manner and no silverware bla- bar flaring. Please, we don't want to reinforce stereotypes, even though we all know Cocktail is your favorite Throm Cruise movie, Dillbog. <laughs> <laughs> From the back of the group, Dillbog let out a quiet. The Trent Forest was long rumored to be the home of the Trents, which are wholly different to Ents, which is owned by the Tolkien estate, and probably Amazon, so please do not sue or fire me. These are Trents. They are different. (laughs) These Trent Woods, however... Weren't only a Trent forest, they were a Trent nursery. Before becoming sentient, sentient tree ants, or Trents, again, totally different, <laughs> a tree must live lifetimes as a regular ass tree in order to ascend to become a wise Trent, or whatever the hell. <laughs> I feel like I'm learning. <laughs> this is in the bestiary. I feel like I'm half learning. <laughs> Now we're all here because we know the Trent Woods have some of the hardest, most durable wood there is, aside from mine. (laughs) And if we're going to keep making these cosplay armors, we need a more efficient way of cutting down these trees. Bog Bog continued. What was his name? Was his name Bog? (laughs) It was Bog. Okay, I got it right. Okay, good. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> that is why today I will demonstrate my new invention, the reciprocating, internal combusticating, pretty powerful axe, or RIPA for short. <laughs> <laughs> and Bog's hand was the most devious axe a man or dwarf had ever conceived of. The golden brass hilt shone in the sun. The axe head had hardened dwarvish steel teeth the size of an orc's testes and twice as radiant. <laughs> The dwarves in the company all oohed and awed at its menacing magnificence. With a pull of a cord, the axe sputtered and spit. The teeth started ro- to rotate and spin. Nearby, a group of Trents began slowly to slowly arise from their years-long sl- slumber. Trents sleep for like 69 goddamn years. <laughs> hey, hey, Taint Maple, rumbled one taint Trent maple, in Trent's speak. <laughs> Do you hear that? Taint Maple maple (laughs) rustled his branches to shake himself awake. Yeah, what the hell is that? Taint Taint Maple replied. It's hard to say that. (laughs) Sounds like a bunch of bees got trapped in an orc's butthole and then the orc had painful diarrhea, Gentle Maple observed eloquently. (laughs) Yeah, Taint Maple replied. Sounds like a group of sting beetles started up a band and tried to call themselves the Beatles, but then one of them brought his wife into the group named Yoko Bono and she started singing. <laughs> yeah, wow, it does sound like that, Gentle Maple replied. <laughs> this episode, you guys are starting to tailor things towards me for some reason. <laughs> That's how it goes on this show, man. 
I, I am inspired by you every week, both of you, and I always try to bring in stuff that you like. Oh, this is uh, sweet. Bros now back bros. to the funny part. <laughs> so I wrote here, I wrote buzz saw noises, so you can imagine that. Oh, I, I'm there. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm half learning again. <laughs> All right, boys, let's see what she can do, shouted Bog over the cacophony of the buzzsaw. Bog slowly lowered the powered axe down onto the tree root, known to be one of the toughest parts of a Trent. Taint Maple let, let out a sap-curdling scream that every Trent in the woods surely must have heard with their bark ears. Ah, what the fuck? Taint Maple screamed in agony. Cuts like butter! Bog yelled over the saw's powerful steam-powered, gem-powered combusticator, seemingly unaware or unable to hear the tree's screams of agony. What the hell? shouted Gentle Maple. As he did, one of the Trent's eyes grew out of his bark, but on the opposite side of the body that Tate Maple was. What the hell is going on, Tate Maple? <laughs> Fuck, man, I don't know! This little motherfucker just caught me with some kind of device! <laughs> Let's see what she can really do, boys! Bug yelled, looking back at his comrades with an unlit cigar in his mouth. Yeah, he's that kind of guy. <laughs> Bog moved the ripper up slowly to a hanging branch, which he still had to hoist over his head because he's a dwarf. <laughs> As the ripper touched the outer bark of Tate Maple's branch, he could smell the sting of the teeth first cutting. First sting teeth. Heh, he could smell the sting of the teeth's first cutting and then burning his bark. The shock of the cut numbed his mind at first, but as the ripper sank deeper into its supple newly formed wood flesh the pain quickly flooded his brain in a deluge it was like a month it was like monsoon season but instead of rain falling from the sky it was acid or lava or something else that really hurts (laughs) (laughs) in that moment tate maple truly knew what hell was or so he thought oh no As the ripa finished its cut, a, a large amount of sap poured from the newly formed stump where the branch used to hang. Oh my god, tree gods, why? My fucking arm, dude, why? Screamed Taint Maple. Taint man, what the hell is going on back there, man? Talk to me, man, gentle Maple pleaded. <laughs> trying desperately to move his newly formed eye to see what indeed the hell was going on behind him. <laughs> if he could have seen, he most certainly would have regretted it. Alright, boys, you want to see how she handles this bigger limb? Bog yelled back to his compatriots. Yeah! They all yelled and <laughs> cheered as they hoisted steins full of meat and drank hoggishly. Oh, fuck. These guys are fucking monsters. They're dickwads, and man. Tra- and dwarfs, man. Only dwarves, right? You know how they are. Mm-hmm. Bog moved around Tate Maple's wow. trunk and found a suitably <laughs> thick branch far closer to the ground this time. As the ripper got closer to the limb, Taint Maple could feel its power vibrate through his lower trunk. The anticipation of the hot sting to come was almost more torture than the cut himself. Jesus. Than the cut itself. Almost. <laughs> Again, as the teeth gnawed against the, his bark, Taint Maple could smell hot maple burning. If he were human, he might be reminded of waffles or pancakes. But since he was a Trent, he could all he could smell was hot charred blood <laughs> and the smell of burning metal. The Rippo was definitely having a hard time cutting through this branch. Ah! Tate Maple screamed silently. My fucking peener! No! That's my favorite third dick branch! Ah! <laughs> 
Behind him, gentle maple formed a mouth and began to vomit up maple syrup. (laughs) The thought of his friend's third favorite peener being sawed into made him woozy. If he wasn't rooted to the dirt, he would have surely passed out. A cold sweat of syrup droplets began to accumulate on his uh, branch forehead. (laughs) The ripa began to slow to slow its revolutions as it got to the thickest part of the lower branch. As it did, the cutting power also diminished exponentially, causing the once clean cut to lose traction and more skip through the flesh than cut. Josh, what are you writing? (laughs) (laughs) He just took a page out of his diary and then put... Yeah, (laughs) this is what I write in my diary, Jeff. (laughs) Who's the horror writer on this fucking podcast? (laughs) You inspired me, Jeff. I wanted to be a sick fuck just like you. This is scaring my dick off of me. It's running away. It's like a crooked little vein, right? That's a book that you shouldn't read. Yep. Jesus. Uh, where are we at? As as it did, chunks of dick wood flew from the wood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like those wood chips they put on the ground at playgrounds, but instead of wood chips, they'd be like, uh, they'd be like if we as humans use human teeth. <laughs> millions and millions of human teeth to scrape your knees on and crush you as you jump off the swing to impress Luzi- little Susie or Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> the Ripa more hacked its way through the final third of the lower limb, losing more and more of its rotational torque as it complete, completed its less than perfect clean cut. Once again, sap spilled from the member. That's a gross sentence. Oh my god! <laughs> so I'm much woozy. I'm getting worse. So much, so much sap that the Ripper blade began to smoke and steam as the sap, which now covered the axe and bog, began to be superheated by the Ripper's powerful toothy head. <laughs> if the Ripper was a shark, Taint Maple's third favorite painter was the boat and jaws. We're gonna need a bigger chode. <laughs> As the viscous maple blood began to dry on Bog's face and on his axe, it slowly turned black, like tar black and just as sticky. The smell soon reached Gentle Maple's newly formed Trent nose. As the stink lines washed over his snoot, a new wave of sick brewed in his brain. The taste of mapley saliva filled his mouth, and again he could feel the sick rising from his wooden throat. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this time he managed to hold it back and re-swallowed a ton of maple vomit, which made him even sicker. Soon he was puking like a freshman at the 56th prom at Druid Academy. <laughs> Taint maple dozed in and out of consciousness. The pain now so intense, it was like it never had not been a part of him. He opened one newly formed Trent eye, which was now glowing red with hatred and pain and bloody sap. All right, boys, let's see what she can really do. Bog yelled and cackled. (laughs) Proud of his work and the destructive efficiency he himself had birthed. Bog revved the Ripa to its maximum RPM and began to diagonally carve his way down Tate Maple's main trunk from top to bottom. At this point, Tate Maple was completely unconscious, but as soon as the blade buried into his face to a depth of about four inches... How many ki- how many kilos is that? <laughs> or kilos? <laughs> how many clicks is that? How, many, how much did you say? Four meters? Four inches. Four inches. That's... Oh, I mean, uh, I don't know. Grissom Graves would Fraction. know. He would yeah, know. Yeah, he would know. <laughs> uh, to a depth of about four inches, he reawoke to yet another new form of hellish torture. How long was this going to last? How long has this been going on? Why was this happening? All these thoughts raced in his mind at 
at once as, uh, like, a stew of panic and hopelessness. Taint Maple shut his one eye in a vain attempt to block the blade, which was slicing through his visage with the efficiency of a scalding dick through a butter fleshlight. (laughs) (laughs) Taint Maple was long past screaming. Even if he could find the energy to scream, it would just be a waste of breath. What was happening was happening. Maybe it always was happening. (laughs) The pain was too real for it to be a nightmare, for there were no words in the tongues of men in trance to describe it. Bog's axe began to slow as it reached the thickness of Tate Maple's brain case. (laughs) Tate Maple slowly opened his eye to see the final moments to see his final moments on Darnos, his home for centuries. As he did, the second eye formed in the cut where the axe had penetrated. Instead of one complete eye, two eyes formed from one, red and hate-filled. As Tate Maple accepted his fate, a loud clank rang through his entire body. The saw had finally failed. Ah, shit! Bog said disappointedly. Well, she was just a prototype, so I guess back to the drawing board! Boo! Dillbog <laughs> shouted from under his breath again. <laughs> But first, we drink! Bog shouted to the cheers of everyone in his company. They gathered back up into the bone tank and rumbled off to the nearest tavern. Days, weeks, years passed. Taint Maple slowly turned into a black husk of pain and hatred. (laughs) Other Trents outgrew the grove and marched off to do whatever shit Trents do. Taint Maple stayed, anchored to the spot of his trauma. Gentle Maple stayed with his friends. Stayed with his friend. Years became decades, which became countless centuries. Taint Maple's bark turned pitch black, his eyes redder than my dick hairs. <laughs> I, totally, I totally forgot I wrote that. It's like a surprise to me, too. <laughs> his maple blood turned now completely to maple tar in his mahogany veins. The silver axe blade still in his face had now rusted and decayed, leaving an orange metallic scar to cover most of his face. Slowly a branch twitched, and another, and another. With all his might, Tate Maple pulled his roots from the dirt, rose his tree arms, and began to shout his first words. Revenge! <laughs> Finn. <laughs> Fuck, I want Tate Maple to get horrible, horrible revenge. <laughs> right, so, so, these dwarves are still alive, right? Yeah. Og is still alive. Good... Good. Or his family. Maybe his revenge on his family. Yeah, that's mean, fine, too. Yeah, it's fine, too. I mean, whatever. Bog the, bog the 27th. Man. Uh, that was one of the most horrific things I've ever said and listened to. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny because it's about a tree. And, like, we always cut trees. Like, you never yeah. think about trees, right? Yeah. Like, if It would have been truly gruesome if it was a person. But it's just wood. I mean, I'm thinking but about the cutting trees down now. The way you described it... <laughs> It was like a person, yeah. Yeah, so it had the same impact. I sat there with my jaw dropped the whole time. <laughs> was it the peener cutting that got you? Uh, well, it, it, it did not get me. <laughs> I mean, mission accomplished, mm-hmm. right? I was hoping one of you would puke. That would have been a... Not quite. No. <laughs> I actually no, took, a drink, t- took a drink of Pepsi in the middle, even. so. <laughs> <laughs> Maple Pepsi? Mm, delicious. <laughs> You're very good at origin stories. Yeah. They're fun to do. They are. You nailed it, dude. Thanks. I am. Thanks. 
so looking forward to the most violent, hateful revenge in the history of Darinos. Well, you gotta set it up right, right? You can't just go right into people's peeners getting cut off. Oh, wait, wait, I wait, wait. <laughs> This this might be a good time to announce that our next prompts are revenge and trees. Oh. <laughs> oh, no! I, I don't I don't think we would be so lucky. Oh, shit. That was uh, a living nightmare. Thank you, Josh. Mm-hmm. No problem. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Uh, so you're all probably needing a break right now too, right? <laughs> to go off and puke, or maybe hug a loved one. <laughs> go hug a tree. Yeah, you tree huggers. Yep. Never look at a piece of paper the same way again. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's just tree skin. Yeah, it's true. Yep. We'll see you in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Take my sit, baseline hit some more eight line this. Buy me a grip, then I take my pick, then I find me a chick that can make my bitch. Hey, darkness in motion, it's a 16 bar from the dark of the ocean. Flow penetrates egos with a dark of the broken. Meanwhile, the hell smoking, won't let me get my roaching. Been promoting the green and the pure disturbed. And please get vexed and they flood their words. On daytime, tell me when they blow Light work. I rep mine, got a sword for the dagger and the best one. Young boy, and I'm babbling the best line. And you know I give a fuck about sometimes, yeah. Oh, yeah, shams, you can take my sit. Baseline hit some more eight line this Oh yeah shams you can take my sit Baseline hit some more eight line this gonna be the same again <laughs> everybody wash their peeners mm-hmm. everyone clean out the sick buckets ready for sick a bucket ready for sick a new bucket. one <laughs> why don't we sell bros before pros sick buckets excellent <laughs> we might need them mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well you're welcome guys and those uh those really unnecessary covers you get for boxes of tissues that old ladies have oh those, those like yeah. those knitted ones yeah like, what's up with that the, shit but doily ones we could sell yeah, those we do those sorts is of merch su- is it supposed to make the tissues look like a part of your house yeah because like yes it's just a box of tissues mm-hmm. like it's not that big look, of a people deal. are going to look at your tissues and be like, what a sick fucking bitch. <laughs> but if you have a doily needs... on it, yeah. perfect. <laughs> this person needs a box of paper to wipe their nose? <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> this is worse than what happened to Taint Maple. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget Taint Maple. This, this must be how our, like, underwear started, right? Uh, yeah. Dirty dick out. <laughs> <laughs> like a commoner. Virtually the same thing. Pretty much. 
Um, yeah, so we're back. Um, yeah, it's Jeff's turn now. <laughs> there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of uh, talk about this story yep. I've heard. Yeah, we challenged him, and he's he's going to come through. Well, yep, yep. Well, first off, I have my own intro on the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> You're traveling into another reality, a reality beyond sight, but not sound, because it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> A journey into the sick and twisted mind of a man-child with no friends outside of the internet. (laughs) You found yourself trapped in Jeff's portion of the program. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, now I'm going to read a uh, romantic comedy I wrote. (laughs) This is amazing. This is the best part of the show we've ever done. It's uh, it's entitled A Leg Up for Christmas, a Hallmark original movie. The small town of Whitesville was populated entirely by hardworking, everyday folk who loved nothing more than Jesus, America, and Christmas. This is a fucking nightmare. So it was happenstance indeed when a hardworking businesswoman from the big soulless city with no time for love found herself visiting one beautiful December morning. Has she got shoulder pads? Of course. All right, good, good. Anita Strongman... Was the woman oh of the city God. through and through. <laughs> She's definitely got shoulder pads. Yeah, she does. She was soulless and hedonistic without the love of Christ. <laughs> Sur- <laughs> Surrounded by the worst humanity has to offer, just like every city. Murderers, <laughs> rapists, thieves, and worst of them all, atheists. <laughs> <laughs> worst of them all. Thankfully, Anita's grandfather had left her his spacious four-bedroom, six-bathroom home in Whitesville in his will. <laughs> it was worth well over a million dollars, and he had purchased it for like 12 bucks and 20 minutes alone with his wife. <laughs> which was the way business was conducted back in the good old days. Days when the world made sense. <laughs> That's the only reason she had left Conglomeration Corporation Incorporated Corp in the big city at all. Damn. Now she's sounds- seen this one. <laughs> Don't give Bezos ideas, for God's sake. Oh, God, true, true. <laughs> now she found herself freezing, standing at the edge of her wide, spacious, boomer-stolen property. Uh... <laughs> Anita is played by Melissa Joan Hart or one of the sister-sister twins, whoever is more hard up for money at this point. Tia or Tamara. Anyway, she waited impatiently, stomping around in the slushy brown mixture of dirt and snow that accumulates for six months out of the year in hellhole suburbs, I mean peaceful small towns. Oh my god, this is worse than my story. (laughs) Eventually, a pickup truck pulled into the driveway nearby with a ladder on the back of it, so you know this was a real man inside. (laughs) And boy, was it. A tall, swarthy man stepped from the driver's side door, but don't worry, he's white. (laughs) (laughs) This is more horror than Josh's story. This is more horror. This is fucking great. That's the funniest shit I've ever heard. He was wearing a turtleneck sweater and pristine high-waisted jeans, even though he was holding a chainsaw and driving around a maintenance truck because he's too handsome and well-manicured for any other outfit. (laughs) Anita huffed angrily. Where have you been? I called you over an hour ago. The man smiled, and his radiant, almost inhumanly white teeth sparkled in the morning sun. Oh, God. Sorry, ma'am. I saw a little girl with a busted bike tire and fixed it up for her on the way here. It made me a little light. 
late, but it was very Christ-like. <laughs> he is Christian. He is talking about the things he did. Yep. Anita grimaced, but when she turned away, she looked smitten in that way that only extremely melodramatic bad actors ever think is natural. <laughs> She turned back. I'm Anita Strongman, and I'm from the big lonesome city where I normally do business and nothing but business. I'm much too busy to be supervising the cutting down of a stupid tree all day. <laughs> the man frowned. Again, Hamily, Shaking his head slightly. Hamily. Sorry John again, Miss Strongman. My name's Neiman, by the way. Neiman Marcus. <laughs> I was gonna say... <laughs> He held out a firm but moisturized hand for her to shake, <laughs> smiling in a way that outside of this film would immediately come off as a salty, but we find <laughs> enticing as an audience. <laughs> He's a much younger male actor with black hair and George Michael's five o'clock shadow. Stop writing this down. This is casting direction. No, now delete it. Backspace. All right, keep going. Because <laughs> he wrote backspace. She looked at his hand like he was a diseased dog, because all big city people are cockroaches at heart, before finally <laughs> taking it and shaking it awkwardly. Damn. It's nice to meet you. Could you cut this tree down now so I can leave this podunk town and get back to civilization? Oh. <laughs> she forced the syllables out of her mouth with the last word to show you that she's a bitch. What a heathen. <laughs> Well, sure, but you know this is the town kid's favorite Christmas tree, right? They all gather up here every year and decorate whatever branches they can reach and sing Christmas carols together. Not that secular garbage they play on Satan worshiper radio, but the real Christ-loving songs of the past, back when the world made sense. <laughs> I couldn't give a fuck less, sir. Please chainsaw this tree to hell so I can get the shit out of here and away from all your stupid-ass Christ-cult Christmas horseshit, please. Are you sure this isn't Cameron Diaz playing this? <laughs> Uh, she spat out of her whore's mouth at poor <laughs> He looked at her long and hard. She was pretty, there was no doubt. And that's all he really cared about. Women aren't real people with real goals, after all. So he'll change her entire personality by marrying her. That's it, he thought. He'd marry her and she'll birth away all of her secular demons. <laughs> Why oh are you staring God. at me and mouthing our God is an awesome God over and over and eat ass? Our God is an awesome God, he reigns. Uh, let me cut that tree down for you, Marcus said, as he revved up the chainsaw he'd been carrying this entire time. But if you were paying attention, had disappeared during this entire conversation. Whoopsie, oh, continuity error. Someone get the fact checker of this podcast on the phone. <laughs> Wait, let me get back first, Anita yelled over the sound of the chainsaw. This Christo-fascist lunatic was operating. I mean, loving Christian. <laughs> Without any sort of safety equipment whatsoever. She tried to turn, but the ground came up at her and slammed into her instantly the moment she moved. Oh, God, Neiman yelled over the sound of the chainsaw dying down. He rushed over to Anita and rolled her over, picking her upper body and bracing it against his well-toned frame. But not too muscly. Moms can't finger blast to that. <laughs> I was going to just say, Jeff, I am loving these homoerotic undertones you're here. <laughs> Neiman was repeating something about Jesus healing over and over as she slowly looked down at the sight of a sudden cold numbness she couldn't identify. Her leg, or rather the bloody stump where her leg once lived. 
The chainsaw had slid off the surface of the icy tree and ripped straight through her right leg, Jesus. severing it completely. Whoopsie again! <laughs> <laughs> The world, the world began to whirl faster than anything she had felt before, and then all went black for Anita Strongman. How will she do business now? <laughs> How will she be a whore if she can't walk to her whore job? That's she'll true. have to get she'll have to get healed by Christ. That's uh, it. Much later, though she couldn't figure out exactly how long, she blinked through the darkness, through the bleariness, and back into reality. The rhythmic beep of a heart monitor ushered her back into consciousness. She sat back up slightly in bed, feeling the sheets and her patience gown shifting beneath her, except in one spot. She moved to sit up fully and pull back the sheet, but something held her in place like she was tethered by her other hand. She turned. You gave everybody quite the scare, Neiman Marcus said with a comforting but rugged and commercially non-threatening smile. Man, I'm about to finger blast myself. <laughs> as long as His your other hand... hand is on the Bible, Josh. <laughs> It always is, Rich. <laughs> His hand grasping onto Anita's comfortingly. For some reason, he was wearing a different turtleneck sweater, and he looked even more fuckable. <laughs> I got you to the hospital, though. If I hadn't gotten here so quick, who knows what could have happened? You could have died without me. Anita yanked her hand out of Neiman's as hard as she could and finally flung the sheet away from her body to reveal the bandaged stump where her right leg used to be. She turned her fiery, hateful eyes back towards Neiman and through gritted, raging teeth screamed, You cut off my leg! You, you're trying to pretend like you saved my life now? <laughs> this is more fucked up than my story, yep. by the way. Now come on, Anita. Neiman attempted like 12 separate times to take her hand again, but she wildly <laughs> oh yanked it away every single time. It would have been funny if he, it would have been a funny bit if he hadn't cut her leg off earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's hard right now, but it's almost Christmas. It's hard? Are you kidding? Christmas? What? You just need the spirit of Christmas to find your footing again, and I'm going to help you find it. Neiman stood up and jogged over to the door of the hospital room, swooping it open dramatically. We're all going to. Oh my god. Dozens upon dozens of strangers poured into the room, one after another. Smiling, rosy-cheeked face after face passed through the threshold. And Neiman called them by name and looked back at Anita each time, as if she had any fucking clue who any of these pie-faced randos were. <laughs> pie-faced randos. Mr. Charles, Dottie the druggist, Murph the policeman, <laughs> old John Croppentop, Touchy Tim... Sloppy Susan, the good time gal. Tiny Tim, like from the Scrooge story. Even good old Mayor Grimple is here. Grimple? I didn't vote for that guy. I don't, was, was I don't Johnny... know who any of these people are. Who are you? Anita screamed, pulling her bed sheet back up over her body and holding it just over her chin, hiding behind it as they paraded in one after another. <laughs> It was simple enough to figure out who Mayor Grimple was, since he was dressed like the little conductor man from Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> except, with a, except with a giant sash that said Mayor on it in big red letters. They give those out only to mayors. <laughs> he tipped his incredibly tall stovepipe hat and yelled over the din of the crowd, which was at least 40 or 50 people deep from wall to wall at this point. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. We, the people of Whitesville, the home and heart of Miss... 
He leaned over and Neiman whispered into his ear for a moment, Strongman! Miss Strongman! Bring tidings of worship and merriment to heal what ails her. Let us sing. The throng of people raised their hands and began to sing a dull, toneless rendition of Come All Ye Faithful, swaying in time as their voices filled up the room to bursting, along with Anita's eardrums. She flattened her palms over her ears, but even with the pain of their screeching, horrible singing, it was still too much to bear. Still, she couldn't help but notice that not one of them was even looking at her any- anymore. They were all swaying in time like a Christian rock audience when the worst music you've ever heard in your life is playing. <laughs> she seized her opportunity, snatching up a pair of what she can only assume were gifted candy cane colored crutches that were leaning <laughs> against her bed and hobbling through the crowd and out the door. What, That's what, such a great touch. <laughs> Wait, honey, I haven't even proposed yet, Neiman oh screamed after. But the din of, oh, come let us adore him for the 20th stanza <laughs> completely drowned him out. Oh, my God. The hallways were simple to navigate, the stairs a little harder, but the check-in desk and the front foyer in the hospital were completely empty. Anita guessed that they were probably singing in her room. She was thankful. <laughs> she was thanking whatever the fuck atheists think in place of good old totally real Jesus. <laughs> when the biting frigid cold of the night's air hit her skin outside, she worked the crutches as fast as she could. She had no real practice with them, was moving fairly slowly, all things considered. It felt like a lifetime hobbling down the empty, dimly lit streets before she finally saw a sign for the street her grandfather's house was situated on. She let out a heaving sigh of relief upon spotting it and began to push on. But over the, the low stump, this stumpy lady's just bleeding all over the street. <laughs> but over the low hum of streetlights came a hum of noise she couldn't quite place. Oh God! A din of sound that sounded so far away but so close and getting closer. She turned as much as she could on her crutches to look over her shoulders in the direction it came from, but nothing could have prepared her for what she saw. Hundreds upon hundreds of marching men, women, and children, torch illuminated and filling the street from one sidewalk to the other, shoulder to shoulder. Each one of them wore a hooded robe in red and white, holding in their hands candles, torches, staves, and books. (laughs) Many of them held aloft banners, flowing in the wind with esoteric symbolage upon them like Anita had never seen before. And some of them held aloft gigantic metal crosses with mm. drapery flooding from them over the cl- crowd. Oh my god. This is too over, the rhythmic, over the rhythmic this is pulsing of their footsteps could be heard a single word repeated over and over in unison in deep throat-borne voices, inhuman in cadence and vicious oh in tone. Dominus. Dominus. <laughs> Dominus. Anita screamed and hobbled faster, more haphazardly, slipping and almost falling, but always pushing on and on away from them, as hard as she possibly could. Her breathing was loud and rasping, but the sound of their voices grew and grew behind her, bridging the gap faster than she could have expected. She screamed again, louder, begging for help on the wind, but even she couldn't hear it over the dirge following her. She could not look back. She was swinging her crutches and her body as hard and as fast as she could, so there was no physical way she could look back. But even if in perfect condition, on her own original two feet, she wouldn't have looked back. Fear paralyzed her mind and her impulses, pushing her burning, straining muscles even harder forward. 
The cacophony of voices and steps were so loud as to be unbearable now. The hands reaching and grasping and pulling at her from a hundred directions forced one last blood-curdling scream from her lungs before <laughs> all was quiet and dark once again. Holy shit. Who wants waffles? Anita asked with a bright and cheerful <laughs> oh, smile. No. no. We do, we do. Two rosy-cheeked children, one boy and one girl in their Sunday best suit and dress, yelled in unison, hopping up and down on their seats at the breakfast table. I think it's unanimous then. Waffles it is, Neiman Marcus said with a wry grin in Anita's direction. He was set at the head of the table in a cable-knit white sweater and khakis. One arm hung over the back of his chair casually. <laughs> Anita sashayed over to him in her pleated dress and apron, her, now up, her hair now up in a beehive hairdo, and her face plastered with cosmetics. <laughs> she laughed in an airy voice before leaning down and kissing him on the cheek. Anything for my beautiful family. Oh, no. Now hurry up and finish breakfast, kids. We don't want to be late for Christmas mass. Jesus wouldn't like that, Neiman said. The kids wolfed down their waffles and excused themselves to finish getting ready, and Anita sat down on Neiman's lap, the two of them kissing chastely and then smiling at one another. I can't believe that once upon God. a time I wanted a career and life of my own in the godless big city full of atheist scum, Anita said, <laughs> shaking her head a little. Secretly, all this time, all I've ever wanted is to shit out babies for some hick in the middle of nowhere town where I have nothing of my own and no real future outside of others. <laughs> That's my girl, Neiman said between kisses on Anita's cheek. This sure is the perfect life. It sure is, Anita retorted, except for this darn itchy leg of mine. I'll have to talk to Dottie at the druggist tomorrow about it. She laughed, scratching at the slightly necrotic skin around the staples and sutures on her right leg, just below the knee. As close to perfect as we can make it, then. Right? Neiman said with a knowing smile. The kids ran back into the kitchen and latched onto both of them in big hugs, the entire family embracing at the head of the table. Absolutely. Anita trailed off, smiling serenely into the middle distance. Our view slowly zooms in on her face as a single tear slides down her cheek <laughs> to the sound of a muffled, distant, pleading scream. <laughs> the end. What the fuck? Um, Just kidding, fuckers. It was a horror story. <laughs> Eat my ass. There's a lot to unpack here. Number one, Jeff, you're like if Lovecraft wasn't a horrible racist. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Frankenstein. Great book. This is like Frankenstein the Hallmark movie. <laughs> and number three, why did we both write about waffles? That's a good point, actually. <laughs> that was amazing. It was really great. Thank it was you. really great. It was even more terrifying that you made it slightly rom com y, and then you made it a Christmas rom com, and then a Christmas Christian rom com. Yes. And it was like, he could stop at the horror now and it would be done. But you went <laughs> it on. It just got worse. It just got worse and worse. Uh, oh, maybe man. the town of Whitesville will come back in the future. I fucking hope not. <laughs> I've, I've got a casting choice for you here Neiman Marcus, played by Chris Pratt. Oh, oh fuck. God. No. You, I hate you that. hit it yeah. on the fucking head. Oh my god. <laughs> on the head of the nail that put Jesus on the cross. <laughs> on the cross. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh god is an awesome god he reigns. I was I was like I was plotting this out in my head, and I was like, stay on tar- target, Jeff. It's a rom-com. It's a rom-com. 
And at a certain point, I was plotting it, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do the switcheroo yeah. on this yeah. one. No, that's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. Even better it's for brilliant. it. Yeah. I I am... I, I love it. It's horrible. It's scarier <laughs> than my story. Yep. It's way more terrifying, yep. and I love it. Well, now that no one will be able to sleep for years after those two stories back to back. Well, I mean, I'm glad Rich had a fun story. My story that had lots of dog, porn, uh, animal, (laughs) sex related jokes in it was the lighthearted, happy story. Yeah. You were just listening to a lot of Blink 182 while you were writing it. Listening to Bloodhound Gang. Bloodhound Gang, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Whoever whoever Holy goes last shit. has the has the uh, the terrible horrible. Is it is that the oh who knows fuck that fuck that sentence. <laughs> who cares? Whoever goes, last has, shit. <laughs> whoever goes last has the weight of ending the show on them. Yeah, you have to be good. True. Yeah, it's tough. That's why That's I decided why never to switch go last. You already went last <laughs> once. <laughs> no, I did. I no, I didn't. You did. I don't think I did. What did you not? I don't think I've gone last twice. You went last in the first episode. No, I went second. Oh no, we messed up. I mean, no one's going to listen to the. No one's going. Not any one of us three are going to listen to that episode. So I will never know. Yes. (laughs) I edited it, and I don't know. (laughs) So uh, one of us is right, and one of us is wrong, and we'll never know. And one of us doesn't care. All I know is, (laughs) I put my faith in Christ. Thank you to Jesus Christ for giving me the power to mm-hmm. write. Uh, it was really his story at the yep. end of the day. That's yep. why they call it history, baby. Yep. His story. <laughs> uh, I, I'd like to point out, because uh, I've had this conversation with one person once, uh, the, the misogyny sexism and that type of shit in my story i'm making fun of that i'm not yes yes. yes yes just in case somebody who's listening to this very ridiculous podcast <laughs> ever thought that we somebody are pointed like, out that every story i write has a little bit of misogyny in it's it. great like, well i find it funny when people are like stripped of pretense and say mm-hmm. how shitty they actually are yeah yeah, yeah. Which is uh, the beginning and ending of Pavlov Flinch as a character. Oh, look, you're a better writer than John Steinbeck <laughs> or Charles Dickens. Uh, suck my dickens, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Uh, all of my stories have some thinly veiled insult towards parenting and my son. <laughs> so I hadn't, I hadn't noticed that. And you know? I'm not no. sorry for that. And I mean every word of it. Evan, if this is ten years later and you're reading this, you suck. <laughs> I also love you, but you do suck. <laughs> Evan, get your shit together, buddy. Jesus Christ. That's going to play over well in therapy, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has physical podcast evidence. <laughs> oh, my God. He's never I don't know. My stories this. are my children. <laughs> We're all children of Christ at the end of the day. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Dominus, Dominus. <laughs> so that's what it's like in America. Yeah, that's yeah. that's every small town in America. That wasn't fiction. <laughs> no, that was a real biography of 
Jeff's one day last week. Yeah, yeah. Jeff. Jeff actually saw that as a child. That's why he had to leave. <laughs> I was I was in the uh, hospital with chicken pox, and, and you I saw, saw that taking place. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Chicken pox. I almost ended the story. Also, it's called Whitesville because everyone in down the town is white, which yep. is a horror story enough yep. by itself. That would have been a good uh, after credit scene. <laughs> Like Ferris Bueller comes out. Also, it's called Whitesville because every, <laughs> every everyone here is a honky, which is scary enough. And then he's like, out. "What are you still doing here? Go to church. Go to church. <laughs> Start your walk with Christ." <laughs> oh God, Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh. If there's if there is one thing I'm glad about living in Britain over America, because we're just the same country except this Pretty one much, thing. Yeah. It's pretty similar. It's the we we don't have as many religious whack jobs. Not yet. Not yet. We're, most we're following you down the hill. But <laughs> most of our country are religious mm-hmm. whack jobs. So mm-hmm. just wait. <laughs> we're exporting them to you, I believe. So. Oh, wonderful! <laughs> yeah, we want that HP sauce in exchange for a religious whack job. HP sauce doesn't have a flavor. The flavor is sad. It's Aww. that's every British food, man. Don't you start with a British food? <laughs> you guys put beans on toast. What the fuck are you doing? You guys I mean, are fucking putting beans on sausage. That's like two meats put together. I know beans aren't a meat, but they might as well be. You guys haven't had the proper beans on toast, man. You haven't had. I had hotel beans, beans on, toast. on toast. No, they're shit. They're have. shit. They're shit. They're so weak. They're so thin. Like you've got. You've got to make. You've got to cook those for a long time before they are like. A Does your country thing. know that there's not tr- chimney sweeps going to work anymore? Do they know that you don't need to pack on fifteen hundred calories in the morning? <laughs> no, um, you need you need those calories so that you can be a you can be a modern day chimney sweep. I, oh, I gotta go solve Jack the Ripper. I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal something on this podcast. I've had a chimney sweep come visit my house. What? You fucking British fuck, dude. I've never, like, Josh jokes all the time that he's never heard anything this British. <laughs> I've never heard anything this British before in my life. Was it Dick Van Dyke? Did no, Mary no. Poppins fly through no. your door? And he did have, like, this, he had these lots of actual machines rather than rods. Like he had Were a they special... steampunk? <laughs> did he come in a hot air balloon? <laughs> he put on his <laughs> He put on his special soot-finding goggles. And <laughs> Did he have a steam-powered mouth. horse? <laughs> but he put like um, he put special smoke bombs up to check the smoke density and stuff like that. Because um, we were having a problem when if we lit a fire the first winter we were in the house, and the smoke came up one chimney. And because the house yeah. is really long, like all the houses in Plymouth are, um, it went. The smoke blew the wrong way went across the house and started pumping smoke in the other chimney. So it created like a circular sort of like airflow. So we had to make sure that they were both swept before we put a fire in, and we have never put a fire in since. Well, when you had the guy come out, you might as well do it. Well, but like burning wood's bad for the environment, and I'm you, a you fucking nah, hippie. You created a circle of unlife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chimney sweeps crying, soot-filled tears somewhere. But it, I didn't even <laughs> turn a fire. But he had a special little robot thing, like a drone that went up the chimney so he could like take photos. Wally? What are you but, talking about? It was like a, like a little drone. It was like a little drone that went up the chimney. Like a little chimney sweep robot. 
Bro, you're full of shit. No! <laughs> Rich Masters, are you coming on our storytelling podcast and telling stories? No! <laughs> First of all, I wouldn't even know how to find a chimney sweep, and I have the internet. I guarantee, I guarantee, I swear with every, I swear on my son's life. <laughs> well, as we've learned, I don't know how, what kind of weight that carries. Yeah, that might not be the like best. We had a chimney sweep. It was the first winter we were here. You can ask me. I'll tell you what. Ask me about it in six months. I'll tell you the same story. All right, we'll test you. Okay. I'm setting a in, Google reminder. In six months, you'll be able to lie to us again. Is what you're telling me. I, am I won't even lying. remember what the reminder is about. I'll be like, what the fuck is this reminder about chimney sweeps and rich? Right. What the fuck prompt, are we talking prompt about? Prompt for next week. Oh, okay. Okay. No, no. <laughs> uh, let me. Don't say chimney sweeps. <laughs> it better fucking not be chimney sweeps now. I'll fucking lose it. Uh, the first one is. I got my pencil ready. Possessions. Oh man. By you want any... another rom com? Uh, <laughs> by the the familiar C. Thank you for that. Um, and then the next one is frogs. Prompt machine. Frogs. Yeah. <laughs> by Greb Comics. Okay, frogs it is. Frogs and possessions. Oh, this is going to be good. I mean, this lends itself far more to Josh than to us, I feel. <laughs> frogs and possessions, huh? Hmm. No chainsaws, though. No huh? chainsaws. Um, all right. All right, so... Can I make people afraid of frogs? I don't think so. <laughs> frogs are pretty scary if they jump at your face and try to kiss you and turn back into a prince. <laughs> huh. Hmm. That ne- never happened to me. <laughs> I think that's no. more likely to happen than a chimney sweep coming in. Yeah, Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a hun. Like, maybe I just had a story idea, huh? Oh, that's good. That's good. Hmm. I, like I like it. So, that's probably it, right? We're, we're done. <laughs> we're done. We go out on a bang we're on done. this show. Yeah, um, we've yet to figure out how to end the program, <laughs> so that's good. Oh, go to Twitter and follow us. We're, I'm going to do that. What do you take me I didn't, for? I Look, thought I, you were... We thought you were I, spending all your time and money on the chimney sweep. You yeah, didn't have time to do the eating of the show. I was trying to speed it up because you got a chimney sweep appointment. You know what? Soon, I'm so. going to find the fucking email. I'm going to find the fucking email that I sent to this guy. So, I don't think chimney sweeps know how to use a computer. You know, he has a robot, Josh. <laughs> in this fairy tale. He's the, a fucking this fairy wally. tale that Rich oh has made for us. He has a robot. Rich, was this when you were in that weird coma that you were in for a couple of weeks? <laughs> No, it was when you were sucking my dick. <laughs> that could have been any time. Yeah, that doesn't narrow it down. The funniest part about this is that, like, three days from now, our private DM to get, that we have yeah. together is definitely going to get a screen cap. This <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. What are you talking about? What is this? You're going to be high as a kite. You're going to be like, why is Rich sending me pictures of an it's email gonna, yeah, about it's gonna, it's gonna, I'm going to think it's, like, some serious fucking, like, SEO shit or something. I'll be like, oh, it's fucking email for a chimney sweep. Um, On that note, we'll close this week's compilation of stories. Uh, Big thanks to our friend Vitason for the use of his music for our theme tune, which, again, is fucking amazing. Woo! Um, Hell yeah. It was specially created for us for our theme tune. Uh, You can follow him on Twitter at at underscore Vitason underscore. Um, and you can find out all about his recent albums, his work, and all sorts of stuff about him. Jeff, where can we find out more stuff about you and your related work? The internet. Yeah. 
if you type in Jeff, <laughs> if you type in Jeff and scroll far enough, you'll get me. How many other it's famous unpaid. Jeffs are there? Yeah, I'm on page 347 <laughs> of uh, Google search when you type in Jeff. Yeah, uh, you could find me on Twitter at underscore Jeff Pennington. You could find me at uh, jeffpennington.com. No, I'm not that guy. Jeffpennington.art. Because mm-hmm. I'm there an art go. man. You can go to .com as well. I'm sure he needs the visitors. <laughs> but <laughs> no, jeffpennington.art. Uh, I'm on. All my links and shit are on there. So, right, well done, Prof- professionally it. done, Josh. Sure. What about you? <laughs> you can uh, <laughs> find me sucking Rich's dick every other Tuesday on this show. Yes, uh, I suck Jeff's dick every other Tuesday on another show we do called M Class, oh, and then on Wednesday I suck my own dick on a show called Continue. <laughs> With these two other guys who I suck their dicks too on the show. Both There's at like the same a dick time. sucking train going on on yeah. the show. <laughs> Go to jeffpennington.com. That's a chimney sweep guy. <laughs> let's, fi- let's find out what what happens on jeffpennington.com before I send people there. Let's see what it is. Yeah. Oh my god. Continue, Whoa, your, continue your story. Um, That's it. <laughs> That's it. Oh, Paige uh, isn't working. Can I get Jeff Pennington? Get it. Oh, I'll fucking get it. I don't, I don't want it. Don't talk to us. Get it while you can. Um, I don't want it. You can find some of my work at, at Pond on Subspace, where I write a, a Star Trek-themed comedy show. Uh, yeah. We just released an episode. Um, I can't even remember what it's called. Oh, Once to Vanna Time in the West. Um, That's which a is, great name. Which is a Western holodeck episode. I yeah. I sing in it. <gasps> what? Yeah. Yeah. Is it our God is an awesome God? I, I sing a Western song. Um, <laughs> you, you seem like the perfect fit for that. Mm, yeah. You mm. did a really good Western voice earlier. <laughs> it was like, it's me, Rich Man. <laughs> Which is, that's my Hoteen voice. That's your Hoteen voice? Oh, fuck. Uh, you can, I do a tune based uh, podcast with my friend Spivzy called at Toon Hounds and uh, you can follow me at, at Masters Rich or my writing at boldlyprose.com um, yeah okay if any oh, listeners if, if you need any information about this podcast or a link to anywhere you oh, can yeah. listen to it you can go to uh, brosbeforeprose.card.co uh, mm-hmm. card has two R's in it you're literally looking at something that has the name of this podcast on it. Please don't misspell it and get mad at me and say mm-hmm. it's not there. Yep. <laughs> how many? Just just to just to check, Jeff. How many emails or messages have you have you had about that specific query? Oh, I would say probably at this point, like I'm in the 40s. Mm. Are you serious? Yeah. I uh, also I think that if you can't find our podcast on the the Twitter uh, the platform that you listen to podcasts on, just accept that that podcast platform is shit and use a different one. Just to get a different one. Get it's one that's really good that easy. we're on. <laughs> it, yeah, if they don't have us, they suck. Yeah, I mean, what what are you listening to? Are you listening to you know I don't know some sort of true crime shit? Uh, just, <laughs> what are you a, a station wagon mum? Like, look, let, if you need. If you, <laughs> If you need to listen to Bros Before Pros desperately, then you can go to uh, any Russian bot site on the yeah, internet, they have them. and the podcast they love is us. one of it. 
Yep. We're I don't know why there. we're not on Google Podcasts, but we're on fucking podcast.r. Mm-hmm. Ruskies. Yep. Where you can also find lots of Dragon Ball Z episodes. <laughs> <laughs> fucking podcast.ussr. Yep. You can find our podcast. Yep. And all they want is every bit of data about you ever. In return. That's two S's. Don't email us about how to spell USSR. <laughs> um, if anyone wants to listen to... Uh, anyone, any listener wants to suggest any prompts, you can head over to Twitter. Follow us on at brosbeforeprospod, and that's B... Let, letter B, number four. Okay? Not the word before. Not the <laughs> word not, before. We're not, like, raw about this or anything. <laughs> we're not, like, no, bitter no. or anything. <laughs> But yeah, go. You know what bitter starts with? A capital B. That's what B4 is. Yeah, B4. Like like the guy who's related to data. Yeah. B4. Yeah. B4. Yeah. So you can we write can get him on the there. show. <laughs> God. Brent Spiner is just bitter enough to be on this show. You think so? Yeah. I think Brent Spiner would find out that we're Star Trek fans and be like, mm, no thanks. Mm. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, but give us a follow. Um, tell us if you like the episode or not, because that always uh, is good to hear. And if you liked specific stories, tell us why. Just give us lots of compliments, because otherwise, y- who even are you? <laughs> Smooch oh. my buns. Whoa. <laughs> who even uh, are you? I agree, but yeah. still. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like we appreciate uh, every nice comment we've gotten. We've yeah. gotten some fan art. I, yeah. I um, was really excited to see an artist, and I really wish I remember the name. Artist Drew Pavlov Flinch. It was amazing. It was really yeah. good. Uh, draw <laughs> fan art. <laughs> <laughs> entertain me! Give, entertain us, or else. It was or by else. Michael James at Aeon Valley. Ah, oh, thank you, Mike. That's all right. Great. Oh, it was really good. <laughs> I thought you were thanking me for searching. No, I'm not thanking you for shit. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> Damn. Do, thank do, you for having do, me on your podcast. Do, 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 do. Thanks for being my <laughs> friends, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I love you. Thank guys. you. Thank you for the chimney sweeping. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll, I'll sweep your f- fucking chimney. I'm gonna fucking send you both this email. I'm gonna fucking find it. <laughs> do you know what? Gonna look. There is a there is a real thing that really bugs me, and it's people telling me I've told them a lie, even in a joke form. I just can't oh, take it. Rich. So I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, fucking find it. No, I don't we want know. it. I don't want your pity. <laughs> <laughs> it's not pity. <laughs> Look, here's my pity. I believe you. <laughs> take, take my, my pity. pity. God damn take you both. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we're going. Oh, this is fuck. done. We're done. Everyone done. out. Go. See Thank you, everybody. See you in a fortnight or two weeks if if you're American. Bye. 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 I'm getting sued by Fortnite now. <laughs>